Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we're going to break down a wild Week 18. The Chiefs clinched the one seed with a win over the Raiders. Uh, but there's obviously some shit we've got to talk about because apparently Dave's championship game might not be at Arrowhead. So we'll dive into that. Uh, I know we kind of previewed that last episode. We were kind of talking about what could happen. Uh, we'll get into the playoffs. Wild Card Weekend is here. We'll get into Mizzou basketball. Race to the 10 seed with its original host. We'll be back this week, finally, if we have any Kings listeners. Probably not. Um, and yeah, we'll just, we'll just talk. Uh, let's start with... Before we even break down the Chiefs and Raiders game, uh, because this was such a long discussion on last week's episode, what do you guys think of how the NFL decided to go forward with not playing Bengals-Bills and making it to where if it's Bills-Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, it'll be a neutral site? Let me ask you this. What did you want them to do? Wait, um, no, Josh. Josh, don't, we don't want to throw this right to Jackson because we know he feels the show. Well, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'll say that. We can't do anything about this. Like, this isn't like, yeah, it just happened at the wrong time. Like, it is what it is. Like, to be honest, I, in my head, for a second, I thought, what if we don't get the one seed? Then I would have been pissed. But the fact that we're at least getting the buy, I'm okay with. A neutral site, it's better than us traveling to Buffalo. Because think about this. There's still a good chance the Bills beat the Bengals that game. Like, the fact that we got the buy and we don't have to go to Buffalo for sure is nice. Now, is it ass that we're not at Arrowhead? Yes. I think that's a big letdown. But it, we're at a neutral site. Therefore, we have two really good traveling teams. I like. I don't... I don't think it's as bad as Jackson you think it is. And I don't know how you really think about it, John, but I don't think it's as bad as you think it is. Um, I will go ahead and say that, look, this is never um, one, one, uh, I don't know who like directly said this. Um, I know Larry David said it in Curb Your Enthusiasm, but a good compromise is one that leaves both parties or all parties pissed off. I think we kind of got, I think I, Personally, use Reddit a lot. I went to the Reddit of the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. Each Reddit contained fans bitching that they got screwed, um, and also complaining that the other fans need to shut up about being screwed. So it definitely meets the criteria for a good compromise, in my opinion. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I feel happy. I think Buffalo Bills are the team that made it out the best. Or the Buffalo Bills made it out the second best, along with the Chiefs. We put the Chiefs slightly ahead of them. Um, look, the biggest argument that comes to mind for me is if you told me going into that game that I would know for sure the Chiefs would have the one seed if they beat the Raiders and that they wouldn't, that the neutral site situation was in place that the result I would have taken. Um, I think it's really tricky because other situations involve giving the Chiefs an advantage that personally I wouldn't want because had it just been as simple as a tie and Chiefs get home field throughout the playoffs, I feel like we would have received quite a bit of um, Mickey Mouse talk in that case should we go through the AFC. So I'm fine with this from my perspective. I don't really have a better solution to propose for the NFL. It completely sucks that we didn't get to see the result of that game. And I do think the Bengals would have won. Um, but we can't make that assumption. Uh, let's throw this over to Jack because I know he's a little bit more um, anti-contrarian on this one yeah i just have a huge issue with it um and it my biggest issue has nothing to do with kansas city it's 
it feels inevitable that the Bills and Bengals will play in the divisional round, that they're two and three seeds. Why the fuck is that game not at a neutral site? Like, if the Bengals would have won the Monday night game, they would have fucking hosted that game. And instead now, because it got canceled, Buffalo just gets to host it? Like, why the fuck does Kansas City get this neutral site bullshit? But Cincinnati, it doesn't affect the Bengals and Bills when it was those two that were playing? Like, I, I know it comes down to win percentages, but if the Bengals win that game and they win in Week 18, then in the divisional round, Buffalo would have been going to Cincinnati. And now Cincinnati has to go to Buffalo in the divisional round. That, to me, makes no sense. How are you going to make the AFC Championship game a neutral site game and have that game just be completely not affected? I don't... How Do you guys, like... Does anybody have an idea of how that happened? I think I think you're making a fine point here. Um, quite frankly, I just don't have the um, look. I don't want to go to bat for the Bengals because they are the team that scares me the most. So I take no issue with them having to go to Buffalo. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see the point you're coming from there. I think I think one big part of it is the NFL didn't want the possibility of two neutral site games um, because I think that very likely could have happened in this scenario. Um, But yeah, I think it's a fine point, but I'm, I'm personally fine with only leveraging it to the AFC championship. I, I just don't have the uh, energy to like lead a, this is like an anti chiefs thing for saying, like, I don't really feel there was much preferential treatment from either side because well, there will be, a neutral site AFC championship game, we are the team that moved up a seed as a result of this. That's what so, I'm saying. But I, I, be- I believe we were moving up. I believe Buffalo was going to lose that game. I believe even just from the way that it was going. I think that I think that assumption is unfair. Obviously, the way it was going, sure. But a little bit, it was it was early in the game. Um, yeah, it look, it's tricky. But talk about everyone should be unhappy. Chiefs fans have a little bit of a reason to be somewhat upset, and every single other team does, and that's probably a good thing because um, we're all mad. Yeah, I mean, I, I also just think I saw the report that Cincinnati, the Bengals, wanted to resume the game on Tuesday, and Buffalo just flew out. Like, I get it. It's a tough situation, all of that shit. But if Cincinnati wanted to play the game the next day and Buffalo didn't, that's kind of on Buffalo. Like I, that's just the way it kind of like. I understand the situation is not like precedent. There's it's an unprecedented situation, but if Buffalo was unwilling to finish the game and Cincinnati was fin- willing to finish the game, I don't see how we're punishing Cincinnati here. Completely see how we're punishing Cincinnati. Like you do realize they they had an opportunity to be the two or the one seed, and that was completely taken away from them that's like what the i'm work- saying that's what i'm literally saying i'm saying it's bullshit how they're doing this to cincinnati because cincinnati okay, okay. i i had a lag my bad I cincinnati wanted to finish this game the next day and buffalo flew out like cincinnati got completely screwed in this situation as mad as i am as a chiefs fan that we probably won't be hosting our fifth straight afc championship game it, cincinnati really got fucked in this situation because they, they lost their opportunity to move up two spots. Yep, they did. They are the team that got screwed the most. Sorry, I I was fixing my Discord while you said that and came in at the end, and you said, can someone explain how Cincinnati's getting screwed? And it sounded like 
you didn't understand how this is bad for them. Oh, no, no, yes, I understand. You are right. Everybody got screwed a little bit, but Cincinnati got absolutely just demolished. And thank God they won versus Baltimore, because if they would have had to coin flip that shit, that would have been the ultimate oh screwing gosh. over. That would have been... Did you see the little coin flip celebration they did? Yeah, <laughs> Joe Mixon, yeah. I, I just yeah, think, like... I like that. That was by far the dumbest... Like, I know this was a tough spot to put the NFL in. That was by far the dumbest thing the NFL came up with, was to... If, if that were to happen, that would have been the dumbest shit ever. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. And that, you know, it, the dust has settled. And there's there's a chance that the Bills and Chiefs aren't in the AFC Championship game. And that it'll be played at Arrowhead or it'll be played somewhere else. But uh, we'll just have to yeah, wait. Yeah, the thing see. is, that's what I've been telling people. Like, you can't even get mad about this right now because who knows if we'll even make it. If we will even make it. But I want the NFL to come out and explain how... The divisional round game can be in Buffalo if it's the Bengals and Bills. I want them to explain how it when would be. percentage, they play the same amount of games. But Cincinnati would have had a higher seed if they won that game. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, it is just batshit that you can say, well, Chiefs, uh, you know, Chiefs-Bills are both affected by this, so we played at a neutral site. But then you can say, well, Bengals-Bills, we'll just play it at a stadium. All three of those teams were affected by it. I, I think, if anything, all three of those teams, if if Buffalo and Cincinnati meet, or if Buffalo and Kansas City meet, put it at a neutral site. I think that's a fair way to do it. But yeah. I mean, we're not in charge. We can, so. we can split on in here, but remember, Cincinnati is the biggest threat to the Chiefs in this playoff. So, I would as agree. a Chiefs fan. The Chiefs I are the well. biggest threat to the Chiefs uh, in this postseason. Yeah. Is 100% true. That's always the truth. <laughs> uh, but let's, yeah, it's kind of transitioning. Let's break down Chiefs Raiders uh, in week 18. Because Kansas City knew going into that game on Saturday that if they were able to win, that they would get the number one seed. And it was one of the best performances. I know it's the Raiders, but it was one of the best performances we've seen in the last month and a half out of Kansas City. Indeed. Josh, yeah, you, I mean, you want to lead off this one? Well, the thing that sucks was I was working while this game was going on so i mean from what i saw i heard the first quarter went good i mean obviously the second half we just had to just pretty much keep it out of hands reach but i mean the thing that i kind of want to talk about is i definitely think i agree with your statement that we're playing that was one of the better games we played in at least a month or two and going into the playoffs that's what you want to hear you don't want to think about oh we're not playing good football right now like if we play the way we did in that first half against the raiders against any team i really don't see a team stopping us and that might just i don't know if i swallowed just only good stuff but that's kind of how i understood that like that's the way of cheese football that we know not these past few weeks where it's like nail biters against terrible teams that's the way that we are meant to uh play and win the game Kill the opponents that aren't good. We're not supposed to play to their uh, level. I th- I think it was a good game for the Chiefs, and it was a good way to end the season. Yeah, I mean, Jackson, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if you agree with this, because one of my big takeaways from this game, the Chiefs, despite it being Jared Stidham and the Raiders, like they knew they had to pull out all the stops. If you lose this game, you drop down to the four seed, or the three seed, excuse me. Um, which you just could not do, Jeez, especially man. after you were gifted the one seed. Yeah. Um, I think this confirmed a lot of my beliefs that the Chiefs have spent a large portion of this year showing nothing on offense. Um, we come out first play with just that beautiful, mm-hmm. um, not mm-hmm. first play, but second play, throw to Watson. Yeah. Seemed like we got 
like the good script from Andy Reid for the first time in a while. Um, I felt like the Chiefs really pulled out all the stops. And one of the most indicative things that um, you like when you think of a good performance is that Mahomes didn't have to do insane things. Um, he was just kind of <laughs> playing the game back there, and the Chiefs really had no trouble. Um, and a lot of that also has to be chalked up to the defense because we got Chris Jones, one of his best performances of the season, which is saying a lot because he has had a stellar year. I've never been more happy to be wrong about something. I was pretty adamant that the Chris Jones contract was a mistake. Um, that is completely incorrect. Um, there's a reason I'm not the general manager, I suppose. Um, I will caveat that with Chris Jones has significantly improved this year. Um, I've been meaning to remember this guy's name for so long. I can't, but I know the Chiefs had a new defensive line coach um, this season, and I think he deserves a ton of credit because this defensive line has improved significantly throughout the season. Um, George Karloffis, one player that just gotten better. Uh, they finally got something out of Colin Saunders this year, and Chris Jones had his best season. I saw some stat about their quarterback pressures increasing a lot after week eight. Um, and I think that defensive line looking to be a formidable unit is going to be a big – well, it's a big reason that I feel a lot better about the Chiefs winning games in the playoffs than I did six weeks ago um, because I think that really showed out. Um, and it was just an all-around really good and really fun performance from the Chiefs. Yeah, I think the only big thing I took away from this is, like I always say, is when they don't beat themselves, they're going to beat anybody. No turnovers and no special teams mistakes. That that was by far my best, my favorite part of this game. You win the turnover differential by two. It's very rare that we're plus two in that. And then no missed extra points, no missed field goals. And a lot. Townsend was punting well, pinned him deep a few times. The only thing that they did, they had like one punt where they got to delay a game. But outside of that, uh, I thought they played pretty well in that department, and that's huge. I mean, when they don't beat themselves, they're almost impossible to beat. It's when they've been beating themselves that they can kind of get, you know, that's when other teams can take advantage or stay in games. So, yeah, I mean, I thought Chiefs looked solid. Obviously, like you said, they broke the playbook out a little bit with the snow globe. Uh, that That was fun to watch. Uh, but I say I say just one thing that confirmed one thing that really I've watched this game and it kind of confirmed to me is I really hope we don't have to face an elite pass rusher because Andrew Wiley just can't hold his own Max Crosby was eating him for lunch that entire game and if we do face an elite Nick Bosa type pass rusher uh, I really hope we chip and we you know use our running backs and tight ends to help because it's by far the weak link of the offense is right tackle. Yeah, yep. absolutely. That is that is very true. Speaking uh, of Joey Bosa. Yeah, Joey Bosa forgot. Go ahead, Mac. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I've got to find this to make sure I'm talking about this right. I don't want to put words in my mouth. But, uh, yeah, I guess I can ask you. Is Taylor the one in Orlando uh, Brown the same position? Is who? Taylor I mean, Lewan. Is Taylor Lewan? Oh, yeah. They're both left tackles, yeah. Lewan's about to get cut. Brown's got to get paid. This is We're just talking about the blocking. Lewan's about to get cut Dude. from the Titans. No. <laughs> Brown wants paid. I know. Dude, sign I, Lewan. I know you love busting with the Absolutely boys. Absolutely not. I, I love busting with the boys. But he is beyond washed at left tackle. 
He's had like a season and an injury done? like three years in a row. Like, I'm, He's had it the past two years, I want to say. And didn't he get caught for being on like, like supplements or some shit? Like, I don't know. I, I heal just, an injury, yeah. I just yeah, I mean, it was just that, a thought. So. so, let me ask you guys this. End of the season, Orlando Brown definitely – he. He took a risk in himself, didn't pay off, in my opinion. I mean, I think everyone else with that eyes work would probably agree. How do you think this goes in the offseason? Do we pay him or do we let him walk? I think you offer him a very similar thing to what you offered him last time. You would still pay him that much? You don't think his value went down? I I think that is a fine number. And if he doesn't take it, then you tag him again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, look, (laughs) you talk about Andrew Wiley – uh, it's gonna get real ugly if left tackle isn't isn't stowed away. I know I've been a bit of a Orlando Brown's kind of selfish, and I know he's not the best, but he does not stick out like a sore thumb over there either. Um, and I don't know. I after Super Bowl Fifty Five, um, skimping on the offensive line is not an attraction. So I think you do kind. Of, I do kind of lean on the side of being fine with overpaying. Little bit, but also it can't be gratuitous um, because that obviously has consequences that are elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I I would not mess with signing a guy that didn't really play a snap all year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I just think that they'll. I mean, do we have a big impending free agent, Juju? Maybe outside of yeah, Juju. You also like. Chris Jones will be on a last year next yeah, year. Yeah, but I just um, think like I think an extension for him is most likely coming. Yeah, like you have. What to about tag, Juju? You just tag Orlando Brown if he, you know, I, I wouldn't even be upset if they just tagged him and didn't offer him. Like <laughs> I wouldn't even care. Like it, I don't think you can lose him at left tackle because I don't think there's a market out. I just don't. It's hard to find a left tackle. But yeah, I, I, I disagree with John that I don't think they'll offer him as much as they did last year. Dude, I think they'll offer. He might might want that, but he's not going to. I don't think they'll offer that. Dude, Uh, I feel like you have to consider that is the position you just can't mess with. Like, I. So then go out and get someone that deserves the money that that, that Orlando wants. That person isn't around, man. Like, that's the reason we have Orlando Brown in the first place. Like, getting a left tackle in this league is extremely difficult. And it's the limiting position for probably, like, seven or eight NFL teams this year. Like, yeah. it, it is just not I will say this. Sorry. All right. Go. What were we going to say, John? I was just saying it was a position you can't mess with. Go ahead. There Right now, or maybe this might be – this happens, I think, when the free agency window opens. There's only one, two, three, four, five registered left tackles that are going to be free agents in 2023. But exactly. Like, and it, and, uh, Orlando Brown's the only one under 30, and he's 26 and a yeah, half. Yeah. So it's I think you're going to have to bite the bullet. It is, it is either you pay Orlando Brown or you draft a left tackle in the first round. And there's really. But, and the issue, and the, the Chiefs have obviously are not willing to do that either because they gave up a first round pick to get Orlando Brown. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I don't really blame the Chiefs for that because. I'm pretty sure if you look at it, that is not a very successful strategy. Um, like it can work, but getting a tackle in the draft, there's just no yeah, you promises don't know. You don't know. any of them are going to be an NFL yeah. tackle. It is a very shoddy position. Mm-hmm. 
But all right. All right. I mean, yeah. That's pretty... I, but we have we have some things to settle before we get to those decisions. Um, let's start on Wild Card Weekend. Uh, we've got what one, two, three, four, five, six games. I'm still getting used to that. Six Wild Card games this weekend. Um, gonna be a good. We're gonna pick every line, every game. So let's get started on Saturday at 3.30. It's the Seahawks at the Niners. The Niners are 10-point favorites. Oh, man, that was a fat line, but it's about right. Um, the AFC is very clearly the more daunting conference. Um, there's probably like ooh, five teams in the AFC that I could somewhat reasonably see winning the Super Bowl, uh, and there's two in the NFC that aren't really a stretch. Um, and one of them is in this game. The San Francisco 49ers are the ones that scare me the most out of that side. And that's why I'll take them, and I don't think they'll mess around. Uh, I'll take them minus 10 easily. I'm going to take Seahawks plus 10, but I'm going to take Niners to win. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is San Francisco's actually been one of the few teams all year that's kicked Geno's ass back in week two. They beat them 27-7 to week uh, on December 15th. They beat them 21-13. to So they've really – Geno's had a good year, but versus San Francisco, he's been dominated. And so I'll give San Francisco the edge. I'll give them minus 10. And, you know, I, if there's anything good about what happened this past weekend, it's that Green Bay doesn't have to be this game because I am so sick of this happening where Green Bay gets their ass beat by San Francisco in the playoffs. So let it be somebody else, because I, I don't want to fucking do it again. I'm going to be honest with you, before we go to the next game, I'm going to change my pick to Niners minus 10, because I forgot the Seahawks have only scored one touchdown offensively against the 49ers this year, and they've played them twice. So It's tough. Wait, I'm going to go 49ers. This, line, this next line has been changing all day, and it's changed since the beginning of the podcast. We have Chargers, Jaguars. The Chargers are now one-point favorites, and you got to consider that has to be a hefty a professional group coming in because this was even. So for it to go from even to half a point to full point that quickly was probably a professional group coming in on the Chargers. Yeah, yeah it could also... Um, look, this is a game that I think is very underratedly interesting, but also could be a blowout in favor of either team too, just based on the fact that the Jaguars already blew them out this year. Um, it's true. Forgot about that. I think the Chargers have more quality, um, but uh, Exhibit A is they're the Chargers. You have to keep that in mind. Number two, Brandon Staley needs to be like questioned by a mental <laughs> professional because the things he did this weekend are completely yeah. inexplicable. I I texted our chat, "What is Brandon Staley doing?" And no one said anything. I assume that's because no one actually knew what Brandon Staley was doing. Um, He's going to come up with played, a good reason. <laughs> yeah, no one could come up. No one could actually answer that. Plays all his starters. Um, they lose. And the other thing that I've read pretty fascinated with that decision, uh, given that Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa both left cautionarily as, like, injury concerns, um, they they ran, like, what, what was deemed to be a pretty, like, um, pretty shielded playbook. Um, so you're going to get these guys out to, like, get work in for the playoffs and you're going to run the most vanilla stuff you have and lose to the let's ride. Um, very questionable decision to risk the health uh, on a team that has been injured for the entirety of my life. Um, so that I'll take the chargers minus one. 
I don't want to see them. The Chiefs haven't walked over them in years. Um, they are extremely difficult to beat, um, and I think they will make a very nerve-wracking divisional round opponent. So I'll take Chargers minus one. Uh, is Mike Williams going to play or no? I don't know. Questionable. He got carted off with a back injury. He's questionable. Uh, it says he had an MRI that he has a back contusion and that the coach expects the wideout to practice at some point ahead of Saturday's game. We, we also have to remember that he played against the Chiefs and, like, playing through an injury and re-injured himself on, like, the first play of the yeah, game. Was, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that might come into play yet again. I'm going to be honest. This Jaguars team, I was thinking about it on the way here. They got Walker. They got Josh Allen. Do They They got uh, – shit, I don't know. Those two linebackers are good. But then on the offensive side, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence. I think they have one more player. Uh, they have Evan Ingram. Like, the Jaguars are a good team. Their losses aren't – Bad, I don't think. Maybe I don't know. I, I'm they not were asked for like the entire middle of the year. They went yeah, to, they went to like three and seven at one point, and then they got nine and eight. Yeah, be, and their last loss, I'm pretty sure, is against the Chiefs. Detroit. No, it was Detroit. Oh, it was. They got beat yeah, it was. Like you're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, my point anyway is Jaguars are five and three at home. Chargers are five and four on the radio or not radio away. <laughs> I think. I think Trevor Lawrence gets it done. Doug Peterson is a good coach in the playoffs. He brings <laughs> shit teams, and they somehow can play. Like he somehow won a he he somehow uh, got to the divisional round when I think they had Nick Foles as their starter starter, didn't they? Yep. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Mitchell Trubisky and Double Doink. <laughs> let's, let's remember who they beat. But, no, anyway, I trust Doug Pearson. Give me the Jaguars. I also love the over in this game. 47.5. Love it. Yeah, I, I think I, I have this. I combined points. I actually had this at 55, so I was surprised it was that low. Um, yeah, this is interesting because, like you said, Brandon Staley's a moron. And literally all year long, <laughs> all year long, their biggest problem has been the injuries to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And in a game that means nothing, you play both of them. It's just bizarre. And it's like... It's mind-boggling. In a matchup like this, the health of Mike Williams could be the difference. Like, these two teams are not too far apart. And if you remember, Jacksonville beat the Chargers 38-10 to in Week 3. Like, it was just an ass-kicking. Um, and that was, of course, without Keenan Allen and with a banged-up Mike Williams. So it's just it's interesting that they that they did that last week and Brandon Staley said to like keep momentum going to keep like positive shit going weird just weird um it, it, you can come out and say well I just want them to stay fresh right I don't want them to have like too much time off but momentum really I don't think beating Denver would be good momentum <laughs> and you didn't even beat Denver so it doesn't even matter um oh man this this is this one I'm gonna go. I do wanna... I'm gonna go Chargers minus one and take the Chargers just because I just as good as Trevor Lawrence has become this year. I tr Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I expect him to carry the Chargers over the finish line in this one. I want to say this. Also, the Broncos might be good. 
Nathaniel Hackett might just be stuck. A lot to happen between then and next year for that. I mean, they almost they almost beat the Chiefs, and then they did beat the Chargers. Yeah, but the Chargers in the second half played Chase Daniel. Like, still they okay? They beat Justin Herbert in the first half. Let's pump the brakes on Denver. Okay, they're. I I agree. I think the Denver Broncos will be the biggest threat to the Chiefs next year if they hire a worth a shit coach. We'll have to see. But who okay, Sean Payton. Who gives a shit about Denver right now? They're five and twelve. Who gives a fuck? We're talking about exactly, teams. Exactly. Um, exactly. Heading into Sunday's action, it'll be Dolphins and Bills. The Bills are nine and a half point favorites. The most recent update on Tua is he's just questionable. Mike McDaniel really hasn't said shit. Tomorrow, as we're recording this on Tuesday, so Wednesday will be a big day for that to see where he's at. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, this one is a bit interesting. Um, us, I think the Dolphins are kind of running on fumes at the moment, which makes me feel not too confident about them in this one. Um, I would not hate to see them in the divisional round in the event they win. Uh, I don't think they have any chance if it's Teddy or Skylar Thompson. Yeah. Um, I don't know who it would be if it's not Tua. Teddy's back yet. Um, Mike Glennon. Little... They signed Mike Glennon. Oh, well, that... that is, <laughs> I think they'll stick with Skyler before they do that. Um, but, yeah, I'll take the Bills. I'll take the Dolphins plus nine and a half um, against my better judgment. I take favorites on here just about every single time. Um, and the, the Bills have... Bills have not inspired confidence in me every time I watch them. I feel like a lot of times they're just maybe coasting, or I don't know what it is, but they play a lot of games too close for comfort. Um, and I think that happened again against the Patriots. They were only returning one kick for a touchdown away from that being a nail-biter. Um, so, yeah, I will take the Bills to win, but I'll take Dolphins plus 9.5. The same thing. I think this Dolphins team is going to make it good if – it's Tua. I mean, if it's Skyler or, or Teddy, then yeah, we're fucked. Like, I think you're just playing the risk there. But if it's Tua, then yeah, this game has the potential to be really interesting. And I I don't want to see the Dolphins either in the divisional round because that means A, they beat the Bills, B, they're healthy, C, they're, they have momentum. But the last, what, three of the past four years, there's been that team. Last year was the Bengals. Or the year we won the Super Bowl was the Tennessee Titans. And... I guess you can say that the year we lost the Super Bowl is maybe the Buffalo Bills. But there's just that team. And I, that like, everyone's like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't see that. And I can see the Dolphins having that kind of run if they can get uh, uh, past the Bills. So I'm going to take, Do- uh, yeah, I'm going to take Dolphins <laughs> plus nine and a half, but I got the Bills winning a nail biter. I give Buff, uh, excuse me, I give Miami no shot in this game with Tua or without Tua. Um, I just think they get their ass kicked. They've looked horrible down the stretch. They weren't winning games with Tua. The bottom line is this Dolphins team made the playoffs because they played some of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, they had a stretch this season where they played the Steelers before the Steelers you know, got on that run at the end of the season, Detroit before Detroit got on their run, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans. That stretch right there is why they're in the playoffs. So, you know... Not to knock him, and I know health has been a problem there. And I see Josh's point because of Waddle and Hill and how like they can be dynamic. Uh, but to me, 
And I think I said this earlier in the year, there are warm weather teams and then there are playoff teams. They were a warm weather team to me. And now that they're going to have to play every single game on the road, I have no confidence that they are going to upset Buffalo in this one. I think Buffalo wins this one pretty convincingly. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. And I just think also, um, you know, when something like that happens, with like DeMar Hamlin, it can kind of energize a team. It can kind of get a team, you know, not that they weren't already focused and like wanting to win the Super Bowl, but it can give them a little extra reason. It can, you know, make that team fight harder. So I think there's a lot of contributing factors, but I like Buffalo. I'm not sure what the weather is in this one. It was snowing the first time. Uh, it looks like it's going to be 28 degrees. So we'll see. Not too Not, not actually too bad. Too bad. Also, I do want to point out, just as a side note about the Dolphins, um, like, there were rumors that they might fire Mike McDaniel. That would yeah. have been the most batshit insane first-year coach getting fired. That would be ever insane. Been. That would be like, insane. He, he runs a very interesting offense. I am I am a big fan of, like, his scheme. They, have, you... they just move so many people in motion, and, like, I can't tell what the hell's going on. Yeah, if they fired him, he would get a job within a week. Uh, it would be no problem. Oh, yeah. The, the Broncos would, would like, <laughs> literally be at, like, they would be at his doorstep. There there would probably Absolutely. be a few teams that would fire their current guy to hire him. Like, they, he's one of the young, yeah. innovative minds in this league. Um, let's move on and to... And the, the Texans would probably somehow bundle it if they had a chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next game. This one's going to be interesting. It's the Viking. Excuse me. It's the Giants at the Vikings. The Vikings are three point favorites. <laughs> this this is a Boy, game no. of two teams that I thought were frauds. So one of them's making it. Here's two teams that I think are frauds. Um, first of all, screw you, Giants. And you know what the dumbest thing is? Is they didn't even get completely thrashed by the no, perfectly really, good no. people's team. Look, had they been playing their guys, they probably would have won. Um, so thanks a lot for that $40 swing in favor of Jackson. Um, yeah, I will go ahead and take the Giants in this one, though. I have no trust in the Vikings. I truly don't. Um, even though they had that giant comeback, the day they went down big to Jeff Saturday, I was like, okay. You guys are frauds. What time is this game at? Is this a 325 game? This is 330 on Sunday. Okay. So so they have a chance. Yeah, it's not I'll, noon. I'll it is not noon. Giants plus three. That's what matters. I, I, I don't know. I think it's two good coaches, but two very unconvincing teams. And I'll go with the momentum. I think the Giants have more momentum than the Vikings who – Really had a terrible performance in Lambeau just a couple weeks ago. Josh, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I, my 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 heart, no, my mind wants me to take Giants plus three because I know they're gonna win. But with that being the case, I just know the Vikings are gonna just somehow go off. Like. I don't even know how to really come at this game. I'm going to take my Viking. No, screw it. Fuck it. I'm going with my heart. Give me Giants plus three. This game is either going to be like 35 to like 27 or whatever, or it's going to be 13 to 16. Like, it's going to be shit or really good. There's nothing in the middle. Yeah, this game will be batshit. I just have a feeling this will be one of those games that is fucking crazy. And I like the Giants plus three, and I like the Giants to win. Um... 
as much as I have thought the Giants are a little fraudulent, the Vikings are like triple fraudulent uh, in that department. They honestly, like the, the Vikings might have been, uh, the Detro- Detroit was probably the best team in the NFC North this year. Obviously, the records won't yeah. say that and it doesn't matter, but like Minnesota is not that good, man. And playoff Kirk Cousins, it's going to get interesting. And you know, like you said, John, last week for Philadelphia was a must win. And for the Giants, they were just kind of horsing around. They didn't even play Tyrod Taylor. They played Davis Webb. And they, they competed. Why? Why? Down to the Why wire. Um, so with, and here's the beautiful thing is, now it's a week of rest for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And, and that's going to be huge for all of those guys. I actually like the Giants in this one. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, and this will not count for your 10th win if it happens. But I am I am going with the Giants. I think it should. Also, no, shut the hell up. No. I mean, it's it's gray area, but I'll give Jackson the benefit of the doubt. Um, I mean, the I fact the Giants made the playoffs, come on. Like, if they can get we it. They made this bet when they were like, what? I think they were like. Dude, they should have just not tied to the football team or the commanders. Yeah, God, we, I think, I'm pretty sure we made this bet when they were like 4-1. and one, And it had to have been early because I would not have made this bet if they were like seven and one. I made this when it was week one. You what? Yep. You guys made, made this, this when it was week one. This <laughs> week one? Yeah, this yeah, was I, not. I don't know. Yes, you would have taken them under eight, man. Like, I, I would have like, taken them under eight. If you did this week one, I probably would have taken them under eight, yeah. Wild eight? stuff. You got greedy. Too many. Got greedy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so next game, Sunday night's game. This could be a freaking beating. It is the Ravens at the Bengals. The Bengals are seven and a half point favorites. Baltimore, I mean, Lamar is who the hell knows with Lamar. I, I personally don't think he even gives a shit anymore. I just think he just wants to get paid. I don't think he cares to come back or not. Uh, but this, yeah, what do you guys think? Well, if he wants to get paid... This is a good way to get paid is to win this football game. Because, um, look, I think the Ravens, uh, I've always been a big supporter of Lamar Jackson. I think he's pretty good. Um, and I think their situations haven't been great, but also he does need to perform a little bit. I think the Ravens have a shot. Having said that, there's a thing I like to call horse shoe butthole and i think joe burrow has inherited that syndrome from tom brady um i think he's truly invincible like i i fully expect to see the bengals return to the super bowl um it just seems like every time the bengals play a team that they need to beat like a good team the other team has just didn't happen it's just completely unprecedented like travis kelsey fumbling the only time all season was against them um or Andy Reid calls a timeout before he challenges. Anyway, um, so I, I will take – I think this will be a really good game, um, but I think a bounce will go the way of the Bengals. Um, also, I will just eat my L right here. Do you guys remember what I said about the Bengals? Like, we can oh, we remember. I, I remember. No. Because it was that they're shit. Um, yeah. What is it? That they were ass. I, I said that the Bengals are awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, John, they started what? 0 um, 2 or 1 and 2? They started 0 and 2 against Trubisky I, I and Cooper Rush. Said it. I think I said it before, like, before that happened. 
And then when they went 0 and 2, I was like, see, I told you. That, that did not work out. So, yeah, I am extremely scared of what the Cincinnati Bengals are going to do this postseason. Uh, and I'll take them and I'll take them to cover. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting that. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, if this was Bengals minus six and a half, I might have taken that. But I think the rate if Lamar plays, I think it's going to be plus seven and a half. I'm going to go Ravens plus seven and a half. And honestly, fuck it. Ravens. I think the Ravens won. Oh, God. Yeah, um, that is fucking wild. I'm taking Cincinnati. Even if Lamar Jackson plays, I imagine it'll be a rusty Lamar Jackson. He hasn't played in over a month. And let's be honest, this Cincinnati Bengals offense is probably the most dynamic in the league when you consider Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon, fucking P. Ryan can even play. The only concern you have if you're Cincinnati is the offensive line's a little banged up. Lael Collins done for the year at right tackle. That could make a difference. Uh, but I don't think it makes a difference in this game because Baltimore, man, it, offensively, they might be—they might actually have the worst personnel in the entire postseason. I mean, they're starting Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson at receiver. Like that's their legit one and two, and like Mark Andrews. And it's like they got Mark got, Andrews. That's about yeah. it, though. Like Rashad Bateman hasn't played most of the year. They don't have anything at like they have. Desha- you know how bad it is? Is they have Deshaun Jackson like that? That's how bad their receiving core has become. They've got a bunch of has-beens. Um, yeah, Cincinnati's just the younger, better team. And I'll say this, because I never think this gets noted enough, is the Cincinnati Bengals' defense is pretty good. Like, Trey Hedrickson, one of the best pass rushers in football. Uh, Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bell's a really solid safety tandem. Logan Wilson, a really solid linebacker. And then DJ Reader up the middle is one of the best run stoppers in football. I, I don't think... And I understand why, because there's a lot of big names on the offense, but I don't think the Bengals' defense ever gets enough credit, because I think they're a really, really solid group. And then, I mean, they are. And I I think you just have to look at their record to know that. Like, yeah. It's impossible to be that good and not have a solid defense. Their offense isn't, like, shooting the lights out. I mean, yeah. they're damn good, but it's not the 2018 Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then our final game of wild card weekend. Oh, the fucking torture this would be. Monday Night Football. The Cowboys at the Buccaneers. The Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. Uh, this is the, the eight this is and the nine easy, easiest game. Yeah, this everyone is knows what's going to happen. Everybody knows what's going to happen. Which honestly, it's good. Because I won't even say. Go ahead, John. Well, no, I'm not going to say what I think we're all going to say until it's my turn. But what's at least it's happening against the Cowboys? Like at least it's Brady versus Cowboys. Like, regardless, we're coming out winning one of these ways, but we're also it's a the win lose. Like no, there's, know, there is a very there is a very clear loser here. Um, I do not want to see the Cowboys win. No, okay, I don't. I don't care if the Cowboys win because I know they'll get their ass kicked in the next round. I know they're frauds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to see Tampa win because... All right, here, on the count of three, I think we should all say what we think is going to happen. I'm not even going to say my pick because everyone that's ever listened to five minutes of this podcast knows who I'm picking. I have a prediction. I say say, say as a group. I have a prediction about this game. 
This is going to ruin. Yeah, we're all taking Tampa. Yeah, there, there, yeah the we're all, we all have Tampa. But here's how I think oh, it's going to happen. I think this will be 20 to 14 for the entire fourth quarter. From the 15 minute mark of the fourth quarter till about a minute 20 left, Tampa will get the ball at their own 15 yard line and play. And Dallas will start playing prevent defense, commit, commit a stupid 15 yard penalty, whether it be roughing the passer or something like that, set up Tampa Bay. And Tampa will throw Brady will throw a touchdown with like ten seconds left to let's just let's just think of a guy. Um, it's not gonna be it's not Kyle gonna be Rudolph. Evans. I'll say Kyle Rudolph. I love that. I I'll fucking love that. He throws a touchdown with ten seconds left to Kyle Rudolph. Uh, they make the extra point and Bucks win twenty one twenty. So I'm gonna pick. Obviously, yeah, I'm gonna pick uh, Tampa plus two and a half. And I think just like most of their wins this year, the defense just gives Brady three hundred million chances and eventually. The other defense fucking chokes on its own air and plays prevent. That's my pick. I, I'm going to get my favorite text message to get from Jackson, which is, you were right, John, prevent defense is stupid as hell. It's terrible. I think, Jackson, I think you've said that like four or five times. Um, I, I don't know how many times I've seen teams lose because of prevent defense. <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not to preemptively blame the prevent defense but a team in the playoffs may very well lose to it this year um yeah you know i think what will happen is at the end tom brady will reach into his back pocket and like make a make a weird face and pull the horseshoe out of his ass and be like here's my secret um because that's what happens every time uh one way it's gonna bring out just we i never can explain how tom brady's probably gonna play like shit um and he'll probably win and everyone will be like oh my god um, yeah, so the one, the one silver lining with this is I had to sit behind a couple of major asshole Cowboys fans at the Chiefs game last year. Um, probably the most uh, despicable fans I've ever had to deal with as like a neighboring opposing fan at any game. It made me wish I was in Europe and that there were security guards between me and them because I really wanted to commit some uh, violent actions against them. And yeah, I I will be happy to see the Cowboys and Jerry Jones uh, starry to walk out the door, but I'll be less happy because Tom Brady will be winning. Yep, we're not winning regardless. You know Give me you know Cowboys. The you know the ship? What? The Buccaneers have won eight games this year, which is pathetic, but they've won eight games. They've won a singular game when a team scores more than 16 points. They are one in nine when the opponent scores more than sixteen points. Do you know Dude, how I... fucking pathetic that is? That Brady gets to. That means that they have won seven of their wins. Their defense has allowed sixteen or less points. That's unbelievable. Quite frankly, like every single indication says that the Buccaneers are the worst team in this playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It won't matter. Or true. It just it pops up. It's there. It won't even matter. Like that's the problem. It's so clear they're the worst team in this postseason, and it won't even uh-huh. fucking matter because somehow, some way, they'll be in the NFC. To... And I'm telling you this: if you hate Tom Brady, like I hate Tom Brady, and you really are sca- like you, I'd see. I've seen a lot of ignorant dumbasses who are like, "I'm glad that Brady's not doing good this year." Just, just fucking wait, because um, he got in the dance and like. 
I just want to say, like, how lucky do you have to be to make the playoffs with a losing record? But that that aside, you should be praying the 49ers do not choke this week or the next week. Because if they do, Tampa's path to the Super Bowl is, like, wide open. And you're like, what about Philly? Right. What Philly has not looked good in a month. Like, no, it is not. scary. If San Francisco loses, it is scary how, like, easy that path becomes. Well, and the thing, and too, is if the uh, 49ers and Bucks play, guys, fuck. It's Tom Brady versus a rookie. I know they already played this year, but it's still Tom Brady in the playoffs versus yeah, a rookie see, quarterback. That's the one that I'm less scared about. Like, everyone wants to point to the quarterbacks, but, like, I think that argument is null and void for the Niners who, like, basically should have won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and are a very similar team now to then. Uh-huh. Like, what do you think happens in San Francisco next year? Do you think Brock Purdy just goes back to being the backup? or? I mean, they have to give Trey Lance another shot, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Do they? They have to. They yeah. have to. Yeah. You drafted him fifth overall. Third. Like, this was an already put-together team. Okay, let's say the 49ers win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy wins Super Bowl MVP. Like, this man finishes 11-0. Nope, okay, Lance but, do you, another shot. but Josh, do you remember when Philadelphia won the Super Bowl with Foles? They went straight back to Wentz the next year. Foles wasn't a rookie. Like, I'm just saying, it's like... Yeah, but, but neither is... I mean, I, I don't think that's... What, I, I think... I agree. I, th- I agree that's what will happen, but I just think... You know, like, I just can't believe, like, this Brock Purdy, like, saga is just going to come to an end. I mean, like, could there be a consideration about it? Could there be a conversation? Sure. If he absolutely plays amazing, there is a opportunity. There's a conversation you could have. Get but traded, bottom, too. But the bottom line is, Trey Lance, they gave up three first-round picks to get Trey Lance. That's insane. You don't bail on that also, guy immediately. Yeah, and also, nobody right now is saying, like, there are other teams that wish they wouldn't. That there are other teams. There is no team that said, "Damn, I shouldn't have passed on Brock Purdy." Yeah. Like that, the Forty ers success is entirely independent of him, in my opinion. Um, I, I, so, I was just saying. I think yes, truly, it's a fair question. It's a very fair question. No, it, it's an is, interesting question, but I just think with the the way the NFL works, that. It, it, look, it's just the way it is. When you are spending more and when you gave up more for a guy, he gets more chances even if he doesn't deserve them. That's just how it works. Yeah, and this is this is kind of conjecture on my point, but like Kyle Shanahan's offense, who I feel like is most ideally suited to a quarterback like Trey Lance, like I, they haven't had a mobile quarterback. I feel like that could be um, fun into a certain dynamic for them as well. So... Yeah, well, that that would, that would be Wild Card Weekend. Uh, six games on the slate. If I, I'm pretty sure we've mostly agreed on everything. So if it is San Francisco beating Seattle, which we all have, um, and then me and John have the Giants winning, meaning it would be Giants at Niners in the Giants divisional round, too. and it would be oh, it would be Giants. At, oh, it'd it be, be Giants at Eagles. Yeah, Giants-Eagles. Yeah, yeah. 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 Giants-Eagles, and then it would be, um, why can't I think of this, 49ers-Bucks in the divisional round. So that, that'd be interesting. And then if it is the AFC kind of goes the way we think, it should be Bengals-Bills, and then maybe Jaguars-Chiefs, Chargers-Chiefs? I got Chargers-Chiefs, which, maybe. like, 
all, all of us hate the sound of Chargers Chiefs, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I really don't like the idea of doing that. No. Like, I am as much as I was happy that the way this decision made it to where we don't have to play the Bills or the Bengals, this isn't much better. Like, this is not a great situation. But that's how it is in the AFC now. I think Literally all of the, like... Did you guys know... I'm sure you guys saw the stat. Did you guys know Mahomes is the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs? <laughs> yeah, and I also saw a stat, like... Stetson Bennett would be, the like, the fourth oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs. I know, it's playoffs. funny. Bro, the Stetson Bennett uh, age jokes are so good. Everyone... No one will stop making them. And, like, to be fair, yeah, it's a 25-year-old man playing with fucking kids. Like, come on. The but, funniest thing, though, is that, like, there's plenty of quarterbacks that could be fair, too, and be fine. Like, um, Stetson Bennett is obviously good, but, like, that is not the reason that Georgia <laughs> no. completely wrecked open TCU. No. God, that was so embarrassing. Um, all right, well, that's it for NFL. Shall we transition into Dennis? Dennis! Dennis! Uh, so, since our last I podcast... We blew a fucking 18 lead. Right. Hey, you Who know... Who cares? It doesn't matter. We got the win, baby. No, he's talking we about did. Arkansas. Yeah, yes, we blew oh. a big lead to Arkansas. You know what else, though? They're the number fucking two recruiting class in the country, and Musselman's, like, built an entire program there. So, I don't really give yeah, a shit. Josh, I seriously ask you, like, are you against the blank check theory for Dennis Gates? Yes. Are you against right Dennis? Oh, like, are you, like, no, you, no, 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 no. It feels no, like no, you no, don't no. like him, though. Like, it really feels Dennis. like you don't I, like I, him. I, Guys, because we're fucking Mizzou basketball. Are you shitting me? Like, this is all rainbows and sunshines, but I am waiting for this downfall, and I'm not I'm not going to get hyped. Like, we're not. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not doing this. I've seen this happen way too many times. I'm not going to just get my hopes up just this to lose in the first round. This is different. This it's is not different. different. This, is, it is this different. is very different. This is oh absolutely different. You know how I know this it's different? Because, you know how I know it's different? Because me and John are getting our hopes up, and you're not. And it's normally the opposite. Yeah, that's messed up like it's normally we Illinois. that's it that's all we've done this year no it's normally you no. who's like no. <laughs> you're normally coming out and you're like we can make the tournament this year and we're like shut the fuck up john but now it's kind of like yeah we're saying it and you're like yeah josh we all called you stupid yeah. would make the tournament and they're like three wins away from being like locked in no they're not they're not three. They, <laughs> they have to Guys, I'm telling you, this is going to be a rough month. This is going to be a rough month for Mizzou basketball. But why no, even say like, month? Look, like, I don't I give a like piss. Josh, you don't understand. You were so bad last year. Yeah. This year-over-year improvement is batshit crazy. And it's not It's not a Conzo Martin where he just hired the number one recruit in the country's dad. Like, no. This yeah. is actual. Recruiting, coach coaching. Came in and just willed the team into being, like, actually worth a shit. Unlike, here's the other thing that I'm, I'm like just wowed about is literally like the best recruit slash transfer you got doesn't play. You're doing this without Isaiah Mosley, who was like the coveted piece of this transfer class. That's what's insane. Hodge has been insanely productive. Sean East has been insanely productive. Um, hasn't been a single player that's been like, oh, this guy's on the court. Yeah. Not a single And last guy. year, that was like all five. That was like four out of the five, except for Kobe. Last year, it was like, oh, shit, here comes Dewan Gordon. Or he was like, oh, shit. Here, <laughs> here, comes, here comes Anton Brookshire. Oh, my God, bro. How did that, how did we really feel that? Like, how did we actually seriously put that team on a court? 
the only guys that are left are Kobe, DeGray, and Caleb Brown. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We've already we've already beat our win uh, total from last year. Yeah. And, like, let's just put this out there. Last year, they don't beat Wichita State on the road. There's no fucking shot. They don't beat Illinois. They don't beat Kentucky. They don't keep it close with Arkansas. They don't beat UCF. Like, it might not be. And no one's claiming this team is, like, a national championship team. But the fact that you are a year removed from going 12-21, and 21, not even a full year. You're, like, 10 months out of that. And you're ranked is insanity. Yep. No. Put Go into his office, put a check down, and say, we'll take whatever out of Drinkwitz's salary that yes. you want. Yes. If you're, there you go. And if he decides he wants to quit, then we'll pay his buyout. Because that guy's a freaking loser. Uh, by the way. That, that, that's like, like I am I am done. That's like one of the things I was thinking is like, how can Dennis turn this around so quickly? And, and we're three years in and Drinkwitz and nothing's happened. Like we're still... Okay, I no you no football and basketball are so different. You can no, dude, you can build not, no they're not no they they're are they are different. Okay, if if Dennis if Dennis Gates was entirely incapable of coaching his team to play offense, we would not be saying these things. That's the situation with Eli Drinkwitz. They are basically heir apparent as recruiters, in my opinion. But one of them is an absolute brain dead idiot when it comes to calling plays on offense. And choosing which quarterback to play because pretty fuck out of porn lane all year and we stuck with him. Like, I don't understand how this guy got an extension. And my brother's gonna text me, well, you can't recruit if your coach isn't extended for four years. Fire him. I I'm sorry. I hate Eli Drinkwitz. I don't I think going to I don't and, and I know it. and I know it goes straight back into like I, I don't even know how we got to football, but I don't think you Because I hate Eli Drinkwitz. And I didn't even say this during this like I don't think they should fire Drinkwitz, but extending him was so weird. It was no, no, because here's what I'm saying: if you want to keep him, you do have to extend him. My brother's right about that. Because how are you going to sign up to play for a dude that's going to be out of contract? Like, I mean, there I, is partially like that. that is... There is partially that, but till 2027. Like, I, I don't I mean, know. It was it's 2025. Just... I, I don't honest, know. Man. I think. I think that once Eli Drinkwitz... But look, why did Mizzou hire Eli Drinkwitz? In my opinion, it was because Mizzou had Drew Locke, who was a second-round pick NFL quarterback, and our offense was pretty much shit with him. Like, his senior year, we were a defensive team. We had Derek Dooley's stupid-ass calling plays. And what did we do? And the reason we had Derek Dooley calling plays, mind you, is because our offensive coordinator, Josh Heifel, who Drew Locke got along with, great. Because if you're a good offensive coach, you get a head coaching job. So Mizzou hired what they thought was a good offensive coach. Turns out he's a complete no-skull. And now we got to just hire offensive coordinators. Like, okay, hiring Kirby Moore will be fun for a year. But you realize if our offense is single shit, a Power 5 team will hire him. Okay, then John, think about this. Then we're going to have a good year next year. And then and then we're back to score one. Like, how long until we hire the next Derek Dooley? I was about to say what what happens with our de- what happens with our defense coordinator. That is why college football is different than college basketball because you're all with the defensive coordinator because the problem isn't securing a good defensive coordinator. It's securing a good offensive coordinator. That's why we. Uh, I will say this year. about I I'll say this because I 
I do actually think that hiring Kirby Moore was a positive thing for Mizzou. I think it was a positive thing because it's it's, it's finally no. Listen, John, it's positive because Drinkwitz is finally taking a step back and understanding that this isn't fucking Appalachian State. You can't be fucking Superman. You can't spend all this time recruiting and still be able to call these plays and be a. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? How many teams have a good coach that doesn't doesn't do anything on Saturday? That's like, name not a what I'm saying. Coach. I'm not saying he doesn't have to do yeah. anything. He can still have input. He can still, you know, do what. what... Because he showed this year, he's entirely incompetent, in my opinion. Once again, Brady Cook was awful. And he had a torn week two. Like, I can't understand the logic behind these decisions. It's truly some Cal Eldridge shit. Some Mike Matheny shit, if you ask me. Like, I I think Mizzou, look, because once again, I ask you again, as fun as Kirby Moore is, what happens when he succeeds? You're, he you're pretending that he will the next year come in and have Mizzou being like a top 10 offense. Because that's about the only way he'll get a head coaching job, is if Mizzou's an elite Dude. offense. If we're just capable, that's what we're looking offense, for. You're going to be the same thing we've been. Like I, um, I don't know, man. You you have look at the insane. We have we have the <laughs> wide receiver recruit in the country. We ended up having the best wide receiver transfer in the country. We transferred to a good school, uh, like a solid. Oh, we should be a different team. Genuinely, if we had someone that knew what the hell they were doing. The quarterback that didn't suck and have a torn labor. Like, I I just think the gross incompetence from Mizzou football this year is just like Drinkwitz has to go. He he has to. He's he's and and this is year three. We haven't improved. We've done the same thing all three years. He has stagnated. Like, uh, I it's fine. We can we can go through it and Kirby Moore can get us to eight and four and everyone can preen their pants over us making the music city bowl, but at the end of the day. It doesn't mean shit because we still have a bumbling idiot on the team. But you realize, John, that last year we were a few plays away from going eight and four. You talk about just like Auburn. Think about Auburn. Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky. The one, there the were one that Florida. Florida. Facilitate us to move the ball up the field. It's the reason that we couldn't move the ball. Like the games, our impressive wins were not because of Eli Drinkwitz. One, like I, I just do. If you get hired as an offensive coach and you come in and say, I'm going to call the place and I'm going to do all this shit, and you completely fail at it, like, I just don't have patience for you to stick around. Was this an ambition? If you guys had said that Eli would deliver five and five, six and six, six and six when we hired him, would you have gone through with it? Because I. But I think that's such like a that's such a blanket statement. You can't just tell me the record. You have to look at. And you're going to hate me for saying this. Just so just the games me... we didn't, the reason we were in these games was completely not because of Drinkwitz. Like, I, the reason we were out of all of the games was because this is so bad. Okay, but John, but John, 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 you can fucking say that all you want. Who recruited those defensive players to come to Mizzou? Who got Rakestraw? Dude. Who got these players to come to Missouri? It's Drinkwitz. They're committing care. to Drinkwitz. So when you want to say, well, Did the defense is doing the... And, and actually call plays. Because, like, my understanding of college recruiting is it can't be that hard. Like, you, what you, the you, fuck you, do you mean? Right contract. Dude, with NIL and all of that shit, who cares that it's Eli Drinkwitz? 
Like, I just look. We can we can come back to this discussion in three years when Mizzou is still shit, or Mizzou has become shit because they've now hired a terrible offensive coordinator. Even worse, God forbid, for all of our souls, we have to watch another season of Eli Dorkwitz calling the plays. It's insane. Like, and it might, John, and it might with- not work out. It literally might not. You might be completely right. And I'm not saying that you're like completely wrong. I'm not saying this is impossible for what you're saying. I think what you're saying is possible. But you can't just keep firing guys. You've got to give three. He's had three years. Next year will be a big year. If they don't improve next year, if they don't improve next year, we can have a different conversation. But the bottom line is they're in the best conference in college football. They're one of like the worst landing spots for any top recruit in college football. They were shit before Eli Drinkwitz got there. They're about the same with better recruiting, and you can cry all no, about. Well, they had these really good the freshman same, recruits. You're the same with better recruiting. That's exactly, but recruits don't prove when the team is not. Freshmen like, don't carry college football. It's juniors and seniors. It's year three. The guys in that class, in his first class, is year three, man. Like, I, I, I think this is. You can chalk this up. And let me tell you, you said if we don't improve again this year, we can have this conversation. No, we can't. Enter Fonzo Martin territory. We're stuck with him forever. It's it's just horrific. It's a completely different conversation. I have never been more confident about something in my life than that Eli Drinkwitz is garbage. He is so garbage. It's crazy. All right. And you're going to get your opportunity this next year. It, it, sitting here right now, how many wins does Mizzou get next year? Nine. You think they get fucking nine and Seriously. you're complaining? You're complaining? Yes, because yeah, I'm absolutely complaining. Because how many would we have gotten this year if our coach knew a single damn thing about creating a successful college <laughs> so offense? How many that, do you think we would have gotten? That, this <laughs> might be, honestly, that might be a top three moment on the podcast. <laughs> Think we go nine and three? You, guys. you think we go nine and three next year, and you're gonna be mad? I told you guys, this is absolutely oh my the thing. god! <laughs> like, in my opinion, Elon Drinkwitz being able to recruit well at Mizzou proves that freaking anyone can recruit well at Mizzou because that guy did. Well, Barry Look Odom did it. Look at that guy. Yeah, because Barry Odom literally said he didn't care. Like, you could tell that guy didn't care about recruiting. Like, I. I just do not understand how – because, once again, what would you have expected the record to be if, if we had if we had this Kirby Morgan issue? What would we have been? Because I would say we would have been – Probably 8-4, 7-5. 7-5, 8-4. Cruising 10-2, man. No, we would Take not. The elder- Stop it. Dude. We got our ass kicked by Tennessee. We got our ass kicked by K-State. Kansas State. Hey, gotta- 9-3. and three. I'll give 9-3. and three. I forgot about Tennessee. That one was rough. I'll I'll give you dynasty, man. It's it's a three game difference, all because we had we had drink and we had like no one can defend the decisions he made this year. He consistently made decisions. I would rather have a coach. But there's shit that was so out of his control, John. Fumbling at the half yard line, missing a nineteen yard field goal to win, the roughing the punter outside of the tackle box. There's nothing he can do about that. Was playing Brady Cook with a torn labrum and calling some of the most full, terrible, boring plays of my life completely Eli Drinkwitz's decision? John, yes. I'm, John, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying like, he's was, was blameless. Was I'm not saying he's blameless. Of, 
Was the Mizzou offense this year anything short of like probably the worst one you've watched since the first year of Barry no, Odom? No. The the last Who, year. Of where Barry was Odom, it worse? The last year of Barry Odom was horrible. Okay, the last year of Barry Odom. Whatever, whatever. Dude. With a good a quarterback, by the way, Kelly Bryant had success at Clemson. Oh my God, no, dude! Kelly Bryant is not a good quarterback. That is one thing I will completely disagree with you on. So funny. Like, I thought about Kelly Bryant too. He he's not good. He he's was awful. better than he's Brady terrible. Cook. And Drake stuck with him. Consider trying something else, man. I think like, we I can, know. John, we can have disagreements and we can critique him. We can critique some of the things he did, but I just think the you don't give him team, any credit for anything. The part of, exactly, because the part of the team he's in charge of, the offense, was the worst thing ever. It was so bad. It wasn't worth turning the TV on for. We were damn near Iowa at times, man. He, that's what we brought him here to do. We brought him here to give us a good. One of the main reasons, John. One of the main reasons they brought him to Mizzou was to be a good recruiter, and he has done that part. The other part of it, it doesn't matter if you're in com- completely. Okay, we're gonna keep going in circles here. Were... We're gonna keep going no, in circles here, and it's the not thing even. They brought him here to is to fix the offense. He is categorically failed more miserably than any football coach I've ever seen in my life. Man. What is the big like, deal with hiring is... an offensive coordinator? What is the big deal with that? Jackson, you you have to have look, if your offensive if your offense can become elite and you can get a good play caller as your offensive coordinator, not your head coach, you can't keep them for long enough. Like look at look at this. We stuck with we stuck with Barry Odom when we had Josh Heupel, right? Look at what Josh Heupel's doing right now, man. Taking everybody's ass because he's a head coach that can actually call plays. And what did we move on to after Josh Heupel? Derek Dooley. What's he doing right now? Nothing. A whole lot of nothing. Like we're just creating a cycle where the problems are going to get solved. And if this is what we look like with Drink's amazing recruiting and him losing all his good players every freaking year because. Everybody goes in the portal. That that's not yeah, even true, dude. Like the retained so many stuff. good players this year. Lovett was like the Lovett and Jeff Coat are like the two big guys that transferred. But he retained a shit ton of people on the defensive side of the ball. He retained Luther Burden. Like I don't know what like he's. You can critique Eli, and I'll let you critique him. And I'll let you get your venting out. But him losing guys to the transfer portal is not something you can critique him on. It absolutely is, in my opinion, because <laughs> Josh. The reason Let, Josh, do you have any, Josh is the biggest Mizzou fan of all of us. Like, what, Josh? What do you think? No, because I, I just liquor is a bootlicker. Josh wanted food <laughs> until the end. His opinion is boy. <laughs> I have no, I have no comment really. I like Jackson said. We are going in circles, so therefore, I really have no comment. Because all right, yep. Let's go ahead and move the on. Team, I am. I so hope Mizzou goes like four and eight next year. That would be so I do fun. too, because that would, would create so clarity. Right. That would create some clarity as to, okay, yeah, maybe we need to be better. Maybe we need to hire someone else. But this shit of going six That's and six every year. That's what we should have done this year. Okay. Going six and six every year because of Eli Drinkwitz being incompetent. Okay, okay. So the first it year he comes. It doesn't matter if you can do well and field a good roster. 
if that's what your offense looks like. If that's okay, what this, okay, fine, this fine. massive line. You can have this opinion. You can have it. Fine. We're done. Josh, developing, 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 hey, developing Mizzou news. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Mosley traveled with the Mizzou squad. Interesting. Oh, wow. So he didn't. He didn't. He didn't go to Arkansas. Really? Him and Dennis must hate each other. He, no, I said he did but travel. He did travel. He did travel. I know, but that it's news that he's traveling. Oh no! I, I I came up with this. Like I just I picked that up from the video. Like no one tweeted that out. Mm. We got breaking news. Unfortunately, this podcast will not be out <laughs> that quickly. But yeah. Anyway, race for the, the ten seed. Let's do it, Josh. Oh, I haven't done this in forever. Yikes! All right, here we go. Number 13, I don't even know. It's the fucking OKC Thunder. Number 12, this one is a bitch. He is La China. He is La Bitch. He is La Loser. It's LeBron James in the Los Angeles Lakers. Number 11, it's the Golden Boys that were the champions of week one. And now they're just dog shit. It's the Utah Jazz. Number 10, Damian Lillard's a little bitch. It's the Portland Trailblazers. Number 9, I like Pope's. No, that's not racist. It's Anthony Edwards in the Minnesota. Number eight. Wow, talk about a fall off. They went dark. When I say dark, I mean the opposite of their team name. It's the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) Number seven. It's John's favorite team, the Los Angeles Clippers. No, it is not. I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Number six. It's the Splash Bros. They're heating up. They are 20 and 20. And just so I can say it, number five. It's. Ah, it's Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings. I love when he does that. Oh, Josh, did you hear me fill in for you last week? No, I I will go listen to that tonight. I did the East and the West. Oh, what the fuck? Why'd you do the East? Because it's my fucking. I had to fill in. I got to. Die. I had to do the Heat, man. I if I was gonna do your shitty. Also, I want to talk. I want to talk about the the Demontis Sabonis Tyrese Halliburton trade. This might be the first ever win-win trade I've seen. Both teams have improved dramatically in a year, and Tyrese Halliburton leads the league in assists. Sabonis leads the league in rebounds. Both what teams needed. Like, I've never seen a win-win trade, but five years from now when Sabonis isn't a king and Tyrese Halliburton's going to go down as one of the greatest patients of all time, then it's going to be, we fucking lost that trade. But right now, it's a win-win. That like, isn't true, Josh. The, uh, you saw the Chiefs trade Tyree Kill. That was a win-win trade. True. All right, well, let's... But yes, you are right. You are right. Let's go ahead and get into D4 of the week uh, and wrap this one up because for some reason, all of a sudden, I we've have... been recording long-ass podcasts. Yeah, I, well, you guys spent 20 minutes... I haven't had much. You guys spent 20 minutes talking about fucking Barry Odom. The worst, the worst football coach in the history of the SEC, without a doubt. I think I know John's D4 go, of the week. I would go full Rick Patino insanity with Mizzou football, and I would say, like, sack drink right now and hire Bobby Petrino or Urban Meyer or even, even DJ Durkins for what I care. Seriously. And if you don't know who that is, he's the guy that basically got a player killed when he was the head coach at Maryland. But at least he knows how to coach an offense. Okay. <laughs> e four of the week. So I have three. I have three. Um, my my first e four. Actually, I have everybody that said the Chiefs wouldn't win the division is yeah, the first. That's a big one. You are 
you are bad shit crazy and quite frankly like i i want to know what's wrong with you um my second pick, john sherman because i love doing this what a, what a classic um, was the royals he was the royals pitching coach for not one not two not three not four, but five seasons and sucked every year, and it took five years for us. To... And then we kept, basically, we kept the GM that fired him, that didn't fire him because we just hired his right-hand man. Uh, and he proceeded to keep Ryan O'Hearn, who played for the Royals for not one, not two, not three, not four, five years. Um, so there's that. Deep forward of the week, number three, is Posing as a Mizzou fan, but clearly not watching Mizzou football because if he did, he would know that offense is shit. Um, so why would you punish yourself by identifying with this terrible existence? Uh, and before the week number four is me as a nine-year-old because the reason that I cheered for the Clippers is because I thought the Blake Griffin dunk over the Kia was cool. Did you guys know Blake Griffin basically came out and said it was staged and yeah. that they made him do that and that like he didn't even deserve to win the dunk? So, did you get that from the post that I sent about uh, fucking Jimmy Jimmy Butler? Yeah, this this terrible years now that I've created on myself is based All a lie. on a fucking lie. Why? And not just a lie. I put there by capitalism, which if you know me too, I'm not a huge fan of that. So I feel really stupid. Um. This might yeah. be John's best episode. John has fired I, the fuck up we, for this episode. I saw that. I was so mad. Because it was like, wow. Had I just not turned on my TV that night, I would be so much happier. Oh, my God. My life would be saved. Um, but instead, I cheer for the, the worst in all of sports. Josh, you think the Kings was a curse? Thank God nobody actually cares to shit on you. Because every time I open my phone... I'm just getting shit on from every single direction. Like, I can't even use Twitter anymore because I just see too many Lakers fans laughing at me. And they're t- they're terrible, too. And they have to the shit. The NBA. And fuck Kia. I will never drive a Kia. God. Okay. Josh. I had one, but then John just ranting for four minutes. I lost mine. Um, My D4 of the week. Oh, yeah. Brandon Staley, why the fuck would you start your starters? Because now you don't have Mike Williams, maybe. I've uh, avoided talking about this all episode because the episode would have ended immediately if I did start talking about it. But for the first time ever, my D4 of the week is Aaron Rodgers. Um, God, it fucking hurts to say that, man. It, It really does. Never thought I'd have to put those two in the same sentence, but holy fucking shit. Three years in a row, 2020. First Tampa in the NFC Championship game. You fucking had a chance to get a game-winning drive. You fucked it up. Last year versus the 49ers, you get the ball 10-10 in the divisional round. Go three and out. This year, you get the ball down 20-16 to the pissing Lions with a chance to make the playoffs. And you throw a fucking jump ball interception into double fucking coverage. A jump fucking ball on third down and 10 at your own like 20-yard line. What the fuck was that? That was unbelievably, that was one of the most unbelievable fucking losses ever. And D4 number two is Josh pissing Gregory for sending me a what happened right after that. And I did proceed (laughs) to punch a hole in my wall immediately after that. So fuck you, Josh. 
That rumor's true. true that you punched a hole in your That wall. rumor's true. The fuck, it's not a rumor. I told John. Well, I didn't really believe it at first. I'll send you guys a picture. Oh, oh my god. And I just I just pray the Kings have like a 50, I just pray the Kings have like a 50 win season. Get to the conference finals and get fucking hosed on a terrible call. And I will be at Josh's doorstep. Just like 04. Just like 04. I will be dressed in fucking whatever team they're playing's merch and fucking break through Josh's window and walk in while he's trying to sleep that night and scream what happened into his ear. I will fucking. You know what? Let him have I'm sorry. I'm sorry for sending you this stray, Jackson, but you'll never quite be satisfied because you know what the Kings can't do? It's win a playoff game. Win a championship. I know. Like they're never. That's what I'm saying. Like, like when you said if the Kings are in the conference finals, holy fuck, would I be on the top of the world? You think that? You fucking think that? <laughs> I came in here hoping to get the ten seed, and now we're talking about conference finals. I'm not saying this year, but down the line, I don't care if you're 35 and you have a whole entire family. I'm breaking into your fucking house. I'm wearing whatever team beats you, and I will terrorize you. Uh, well, no exceptions for the fact. I'm not sure which one was worse, this year's or when, what the hell did you say that one time we lost to Tampa and Kevin King fucked up? You're like, Jackson, oh God, Jackson mad or some shit like that. Like, right <laughs> as we lost. Jackson mad. Yeah, you said Jackson mad. Before you read it, I literally, I think I texted Josh individually, like, delete that. Josh was like, but God forbid during the Mizzou game if I say something positive about Mizzou because Josh will be like, shut the fuck up! I'm not doing the podcast! Fuck you! All I'm saying is like, Mizzou's playing well tonight and Josh is like, shut the fuck up! Yeah, because anytime we talk good, Mizzou does bad. No, but fuck no. you, bitch. <laughs> when I, when I, I sent, I told John, I said, John, this might be the last message you hear from me, but it's going to be the funniest message of all time. And oh, said, so you fucking what? planned it. You fucking, that's even worse. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt that you did it in the heat of the moment, but now I'm actually going to kill you. Now, now it's unforgivable. Uh, everything... What happened? Green Bay Packers, how'd you lose to the Detroit Lions? Okay. okay. Just get ready for the yeah, Chiefs collapse. Just get ready for the Chiefs collapse in a few weeks, because I will double what that just happened i hope you're at like nikki's pizza like you normally are i will walk in there and just beat the shit out of you like i'm not <laughs> that was a little far but i'll actually do it um all right. this is like an old school podcast you up to the 90 minute mark and it just lost its way <laughs> I walk into Nikki's Pizza and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll right. formally apologize to everyone that I am apparently the only person that hates Eli Drinkwitz, which means I get extra pissed when people defend him. Here's the good news for everybody. The last time that I started cheering against my own team because my ego was so And there goes John in the middle of his rant. Um, this is the best episode. <laughs> this, is, this is peak primetime Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead, oh my god! We'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully, we'll see you next week. <laughs>